0: Section 23 of Junior Classics, Volume 5, Stories That Never Grow Old. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Edward Kirkby, Warwick, England. Junior Classics, Volume 5, Stories That Never Grow Old. Edited by William Patton. Section 23 robinson crusoe is rescued part two to these in the morning i sent the captain who was to enter into a parley with them in a word to try them and tell me whether he thought they might be trusted or not to go on board and surprise the ship he talked to them of the injury done him of the condition they were brought to and that though the governor had given them quarter for their lives as to the present action yet that if they were sent to england they would all be hanged in chains but that if they would join in so just an attempt as to recover the ship he would have the governor's engagement for their pardon any one may guess how readily such a proposal would be accepted by men in their condition they fell down on their knees to the captain and promised with the deepest imprecations that they would be faithful to him to the last drop and that they should owe their lives to him and would go with him all over the world that they would own him as a father to them as long as they lived well says the captain i must go and tell the governor what you say and see what i can do to bring him to consent to it so he brought me an account of the temper he found them in and that he verily believed they would be faithful however that we might be very secure i told him he should go back again and choose out those five and tell them that they might see he did not want men that he would take out those five to be his assistants and that the governor would keep the other two and the three that were sent prisoners to the castle my cave as hostages for the fidelity of those five and that if they proved unfaithful in the execution The five hostages should be hanged in chains alive on the shore this looked severe and convinced them that the governor was in earnest however they had no way left them but accept it and it was now the business of the prisoners as much as of the captain to persuade the other five to do their duty our strength was now thus ordered for the expedition first the captain his mate and passenger second the two prisoners of the first gang to whom having their character from the captain i had given their liberty and trusted them with arms third the other two that i had kept till now in my bower pinioned but on the captain's motion had now released fourth these five released at last so that there were twelve in all besides five we kept prisoners in the cave for hostages i asked the captain if he were willing to venture with these hands on board the ship but As for me and my man Friday, I did not think it was proper for us to stir, having seven men left behind, and it was employment enough for us to keep them asunder, and supply them with victuals. As to the five in the cave, I resolved to keep them fast, but Friday went in twice a day to them to supply them with necessaries, and I made the other two carry provisions to a certain distance, where Friday was to take them. When I showed myself to the two hostages it was with the captain who told them I was the person the governor had ordered to look after them and That it was the governor's pleasure. They should not stir anywhere But at my direction that if they did they would be fetched into the castle and be laid in irons So that as we never suffered them to see me as governor I now appeared as another person and spoke of the governor the garrison the castle and the like Upon all occasions The captain now had no difficulty before him but to furnish his two boats to stop the breach of one and man them He made his passenger captain of one with four of the men And himself his mate and five more went into the other and they contrived their business very well For they came up to the ship about midnight as soon as they came within call of the ship He made robinson hail them and tell them they had brought off the men and the boat But that it was a long time before they had found them and the like holding them in a chat till they came to the ship's side When the captain and the mate entering first with their arms Immediately knocked down the second mate and carpenter with the butt end of their muskets Being very faithfully seconded by their men They secured all the rest that were upon the main and quarter decks and began to fasten the hatches to keep them down that were below when the other boat and their men entering at the forechains secured the forecastle of the ship and the scuttle which went down into the cookroom making three men they found their prisoners when this was done and all safe upon deck the captain ordered the mate with three men to break into the roundhouse where the new rebel captain lay who having taken the alarm had got up and with two men and a boy had got firearms in their hands and when the mate with a crow split open the door, the new captain and his men fired boldly among them, and wounded the mate with a musket-ball, which broke his arm and wounded two more of the men, but killed nobody. The mate, calling for help, rushed, however, into the roundhouse, wounded as he was, and with his pistol, shot the new captain through the head. The bullet entering at his mouth, and came out again behind one of his ears, so that he never spoke a word more upon which the rest yielded and the ship was taken effectually without any more lives lost as soon as the ship was thus secured the captain ordered guns to be fired which was the signal agreed upon with me to give me notice of his success which you may be sure i was very glad to hear having sat watching upon the shore for it till near two o'clock in the morning having thus heard the signal plainly i laid me down And it having been a day of great fatigue to me I slept sound Till I was surprised with the noise of a gun and presently starting up I heard a man call me by the name of governor governor and Presently I knew the captain's voice when climbing up to the top of the hill there he stood and pointing to the ship he Embraced me in his arms My dear friend and deliverer says he there's your ship For she is all yours and so are we and all that belong to her i cast my eyes to the ship and there she rode within little more than half a mile of the shore For they had weighed her anchor as soon as they were masters of her and the weather being fair had brought her to an anchor just against the mouth of the little creek and the tide being up the captain had brought the pinnacle in near the place where i had first landed my rafts and so landed just at my door I was at first ready to sink down with a surprise for I saw my deliverance indeed visibly put into my hands all things easy and a large ship just ready to carry me away whither I pleased to go at first for some time I was not able to answer him one word but as he had taken me in his arms I held fast by him or I should have fallen to the ground he perceived the surprise and immediately pulled the bottle out of his pocket and gave me a dram of cordial which he had brought on purpose for me after i had drunk it i sat down upon the ground and though it brought me to myself yet it was a good while before i could speak a word to him all this time the poor man was in as great an ecstasy as i only not under any surprise as i was and he said a thousand kind and tender things to me to compose and bring me to myself but such was the flood of joy in my breast that it put all my spirits into confusion. At last it broke out into tears, and in a little while after I recovered my speech. I then took my turn and embraced him as my deliverer, and we rejoiced together. I told him I looked upon him as a man sent from heaven to deliver me, and that the whole transaction seemed to be a chain of wonders, that such things as these were the testimonies we had of a secret hand of providence governing the world and an evidence that the eye of an infinite power could search into the remotest corner of the world and send help to the miserable whenever he pleased i forgot not to lift up my heart in thankfulness to heaven and what heart could forbear to bless him who had not only in a miraculous manner provided for me in such a wilderness and in such a desolate condition but from whom every deliverance must always be acknowledged to proceed when we had talked a while, the captain told me he had brought me some little refreshment such as the ship afforded and such as the wretches that had been so long his masters had not plundered him of upon this he called aloud to the boat and bade his men bring the things ashore that were for the governor and indeed it was a present as if i had been one that was not to be carried away with them but as if i had been to dwell upon the island still first he had brought me a case of bottles full of excellent cordial waters six large bottles of madeira wine the bottles held two quarts each two pounds of excellent good tobacco twelve good pieces of the ship's beef and six pieces of pork with a bag of peas and about a hundredweight of biscuit he also brought me a box of sugar a box of flour a bag full of lemons and two bottles of lime juice and abundance of other things but besides these, and what was a thousand times more useful to me, he brought me six new clean shirts, six very good neckcloths, two pair of gloves, one pair of shoes, a hat, and one pair of stockings, with a very good suit of clothes of his own, which had been worn but very little. In a word, he clothed me from head to foot. It was a very kind and agreeable present, as any one may imagine, to one in my circumstances. But never was anything in the world of that kind so unpleasant awkward and uneasy as it was to me to wear such clothes at first After these ceremonies were passed and after all his good things were brought into my little apartment We began to consult what was to be done with the prisoners We had for it was worth considering whether we might venture to take them with us or no especially two of them whom he knew to be incorrigible and refractory to the last degree and the captain said he knew there were such rogues that there was no obliging them and if he did carry them away It must be in irons as male factors to be delivered over to justice at the first English colony He could come to and I found that the captain himself was very anxious about it Upon this I told him that if he desired it I would undertake to bring the two men he spoke of to make it their own request that he should leave them upon the island i should be very glad of that says the captain with all my heart well says i i will send for them and talk with them for you so i caused friday and the two hostages for they were now discharged their comrades having performed their promise i say i caused them to go to the cave and bring up the five men pinioned as they were to the bower and keep them there till i came After some time I came thither dressed in my new habit, and now I was called governor again Being all met and the captain with me I caused the men to be brought before me and I told them I had a full account of their villainous behavior to the captain And how they had run away with the ship and were preparing to commit further robberies but that providence had ensnared them in their own ways and that they were fallen into the pit which they had dug for others I let them know that by my direction the ship had been seized and that she lay now in the road and they might see by-and-by That their new captain had received the reward of his villainy And that they would see him hanging at the yard-arm that as to them I wanted to know what they had to say why I should not execute them as pirates Taken in the fact as by my commission they could not doubt but I had authority so to do one of them answered in the name of the rest that they had nothing to say but this that when they were taken the captain promised them their lives and they humbly implored my mercy but i told them i knew not what mercy to show them for as for myself i had resolved to quit the island with all my men and had taken passage with the captain To go to england and as for the captain he could not carry them to england other than as prisoners in irons To be tried for mutiny and running away with the ship the consequence of which they must needs know Would be the gallows so that I could not tell what was best for them unless they had a mind to take their fate in the island If they desired that as I had liberty to leave the island I had some inclination to give them their lives if they thought they could shift on shore they seemed very thankful for it and said they would much rather venture to stay there than be carried to England to be hanged So I left it on that issue However the captain seemed to make some difficulty of it as if he durst not leave them there Upon this I seemed a little angry with the captain and told him that they were my prisoners Not his and that seeing I had offered them so much favor I would be as good as my word and that if he did not think fit to consent to it I would set them at their liberty as I found them and if he did not like it he might take them again if he could catch them Upon this they appeared very thankful and I accordingly set them at liberty and bade them retire into the woods to the place Whence they came and I would leave them some firearms some ammunition and some directions how they should live very well if they thought fit upon this I prepared to go on board the ship but told the captain i would stay that night to prepare my things and desired him to go on board in the meantime and Keep all right in the ship and send the boat on shore next day for me Ordering him at all events to cause the new captain who was killed to be hanged at the yard-arm that these men might see him When the captain was gone I sent for the men up to me to my apartment and entered seriously into discourse with them on their circumstances I told them I thought they had made a right choice that if the captain had carried them away They would certainly be hanged I showed them the new captain hanging at the yard arm of the ship and told them They had nothing less to expect when they bade all declared their willingness to stay I told them I would let them into the story of my living there and put them in the way of making it easy to them Accordingly I gave them the whole history of the place and of my coming to it showed them my fortifications the way i made my bread planted my corn cured my grapes and in a word all that was necessary to make them easy i told them the story also of the seventeen spaniards that were to be expected for whom i left a letter and made them promise to treat them in common with themselves here it may be noted that the captain who had ink on board was greatly surprised that I never hit upon a way of making ink of charcoal and water or of something else as I had done things much more difficult I left them my firearms viz five muskets three fowling pieces and three swords I had above a barrel and a half of powder left for after the first year or two I used but little and wasted none I gave them description of the way I managed the goats and directions to milk and fatten them and to make both butter and cheese in a word I gave them every part of my own story and told them I should prevail with the captain to leave them two barrels of gunpowder more and Some garden seeds which I told them I would have been very glad of Also, I gave them the bag of peas which the captain had brought me to eat and bade them be sure to sow and increase them Having done all this I left them the next day and went on board the ship we prepared immediately to sail But did not weigh that night The next morning early two of the five men came swimming to the ship's side and Making the most lamentable complaint of the other three begged to be taken into the ship for God's sake For they should be murdered and begged the captain to take them on board though. He hanged them immediately Upon this the captain pretended to have no power without me But after some difficulty and after their solemn promises of amendment they were taken on board and were some time after Soundly whipped and pickled after which they proved very honest and quiet fellows Some time after this the boat was ordered on shore the tide being up with the things promised to the men to which the captain at my Intercession caused their chests and clothes to be added which they took and were very thankful for I also encouraged them by telling them that if it lay in my power to send any vessel to take them in I would not forget them When I took leave of this island I carried on board for relics the great goat cap I had made my umbrella and one of my parrots Also, I forgot not to take the money I formerly mentioned Which had lain by me so long useless that it was grown rusty or tarnished and could hardly pass for silver Till it being a little rubbed and handled, as also the money I found in the wreck of the Spanish ship. And thus I left the island, the nineteenth of December, as I found by the ship's account in the year sixteen eighty six, after I had been upon it eight and twenty years, two months, and nineteen days, being delivered from this second captivity the same day of the month that I first made my escape in the long boat from among the moors of Scilly. In this vessel, after a long voyage, I arrived in England the eleventh of June in the year sixteen eighty seven, having been thirty-five years absent. End of section twenty three. Recording by Edward Kirkby, Warwick, England.